step into the fantasy. You are not invited to the other side of sanity. They calling me an alien, a big-headed astronaut. Maybe it's because your boy Yeezy get. All right, everybody, welcome to the Area 51 Hockey Podcast. We are thrilled to have yet another LarshCast member join us. Uh, we are slowly working through all the, the hosts of the LarshCast here, uh, as we've got Navdeep joining Malcolm and myself today. Uh, how's it going today, Nav? I'm doing good, Sean. Thanks for having me on. You can call me Nav. Uh, I'm really excited to be on. I think you guys finally got the smartest member of the LarshCast, the most reasonable <laughs> member of the LarshCast. I know I appreciate you uh, inviting me on and excited to be on. The yeah. key with Brad is he was the youngest member, so he keeps uh, all the TikToks and the YouTubes and the, the Instagrams ready for us so we can just kind of sit back and talk hockey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love Brad's a great guy. The only thing I issue I had with Brad the entire time he was with us was he's a Seahawks fan, and I can't stand the Seahawks. Oh, so, man. Uh, oh, but he, he lost a he, he lost a bet with me, so he never did it on our. We never we kind of went into the COVID, and we weren't able to kind of get together. Is so the bet was, um, was when the Packers play the Seahawks, the losing team, the guy has to wear the other team's jersey. So I'm going to send him my Packers jersey, a Rogers jersey, and I want him to wear it on your show for at least I was like. Say. Four yeah, I'm going to we'll, send. We'll, it over. we'll make sure that he follows through on that because there's yeah. nothing like someone trying to welch out of a bet. No, yeah, you wouldn't. You know what? COVID. It was COVID. I, he's, that's what he keeps saying. It was COVID, man. COVID screwed it up. I would have done it, but so no, I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely take care of that. We'll make sure that we get pictures of him wearing your Rogers jersey for every episode. <laughs> for, but... I love Rogers too, so I'll be very happy to make sure he watches that or wears that. And well, he, he's that been... I'll wear my Wilson jersey. So <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about good quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does have a ring, at least. He's got one. No, no. I hate the Seahawks, but there's nothing I can say anything, nothing bad about Russell Wilson, right? He's a yeah. great quarterback, right? Yeah, it's pretty hard to go after. The rest of the sure. team's kind of gone to pot, but Wilson's kind of the gem in the in the bunch right now. Yeah, I know. He's, he's great. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, for being the time period that we're in right now with COVID and everything happening, and we're looking forward to the play-ins and the playoffs and it's surprising how much inform- like how much news we have on the regular. Like we just found out Vegas will be a hub city. I mean, unofficially, officially. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver's still in the running for one of the spots. Uh, NHL.com came out with one of the most ill-informed goaltender lists that I've ever seen leading into the playoffs. Uh, my favorite write-up was for Markstrom, and it said that he has never played a playoff game and he's a UFA in the summer or after the season. And that's yeah. literally all they had written about his magical season this year. Yeah. But are you are you guys surprised? Are you guys surprised with it? I mean, we always have this in the West Coast, Eastern media bias. If you're not watching a guy play, if the game's there starting at 10 o'clock, I mean, to me, if you're getting paid, it is your responsibility to stay up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. I don't care what it is Absolutely. to watch the games, but... We've had some Eastern media guys on. I've spoken to some Eastern media guys, and they'll straight up honestly admit, they're like, oh, we'll watch a game on the weekend or we'll watch the first period. Like, that, you know, your responsibility is to watch the entire game. And the fact that Markstrom is rated 13 out of 16, it's just, I mean, that's not even a joke. It's just pathetic. Like, how do you have Carey Price in this, like, this year listed mm-hmm. above Markstrom? I mean, come on. I mean, maybe overall in his career so far, but... If you're just comparing this year right now going into the playoffs, the play-in, 
That's that's just the stupidest thing I've ever read. That's Agreed. actually a good point. Nine of the people listed ahead of Markstrom are all in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Do, we, do yeah. we really think that the Eastern Conference goaltending is that much better, or is it that exact Eastern bias that you're talking about? Mm. I've, I've never understood. Yeah, I was one of the guys who was so excited when Sportsnet took over the, uh, as the official rights holder because I yeah. thought that they, at the time, did such a better job, you know, looking at the West Coast teams as well. And then when they centralized everything back to the East Coast, it didn't make any sense to me. And I yeah. say, like, you know, I love being able to be a sports fan on the West Coast. You know, you essentially have games starting at four. And yeah. then ending at 10, 1030, depend upon if there's, you know, a Vegas or a San Jose game. And that's, yeah. you know, again, if you're thinking if you're working in the industry, what could be a better time to, you know, to watch the games? So I've never understood why, you know, we, we keep on centralizing everything back to the East. I guess, you know, there's just so many teams closer together. But, uh, you know, if you're just watching them all on TV anyway, it's clearly yeah, better to be watching them over here on the West Coast. Yeah. And that, that bias has been around for forever. It's always been there. And I think what you said, Malcolm, is because how many teams there's, – there's not more teams in the East, obviously, but they're all kind of centralized around that Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. I mean, New York's like an hour flight down. You got All those teams are right there. So for them, it's just like an easier – they claim well, it's a media market, right, because there's the bigger media markets in the, East, in the East Coast with Toronto, Montreal, New York. But I go, that's not their job. Their job is not to care what the bigger media market is. It's to going to give an even playing field to all the teams. Well, and that's only because it's been nurtured over there. Like they've yeah. nurtured the eastern coast so market so much, and yeah. they've neglected the west. Right? Like we've seen that for years. If you built it out here, you know you could develop it and have it work out here. It's one of those things. That it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But you you keep seeing it time and time again. You know, it's almost you know you you almost hear an eastern guy's analysis, and it's just almost immediately just so off. That you're just like, oh, okay, so clearly you aren't watching the games and you yeah. know, you're, you've got yeah. a couple highlights here and there or, you know, something has been told to you and, yeah. you're, you know, you're just literally regurgitating it uh, because clearly, you know, like, you know, you, you get some of the analysis on Quinn Hughes and things like that. Oh, well, he didn't he didn't start that great. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he started no, incredible. What are you yeah, talking did, about? Did you not see his behind the you know net pass off the net that you know yeah. set up the O team winner in his very first yeah. game? Like he let the league on set the league on fire right away. Yeah. Uh, so you know it is it is funny and it is weird and and yeah you know you get those kind of things and I didn't even think to look at that but there's no way that you can tell me there are nine goalies in the East that are stronger than Markstrom. That's absolute horseshit. Well, jumping yeah. on the Quinn Hughes comment quickly is. Like you were saying, there was one guy, it was on TSN, I don't want to name drop him and just shut on him, but it was a TSN guy, and one of his comments was, was why, McCar- why is McCarr going to beat Quinn Hughes? Because like, uh, McCarr is more dynamic, he's a better skater. I'm like, are you watching yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. What? Like, yeah. you, I challenge you, you to find say, more than three better skaters than Quinn Hughes in the league. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, 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 you could say Kale McCarr, I got no issue with somebody saying, I think Kale McCarr is a better defenseman. Fine, that's sure. your perspective, right? Fair enough. He, and he's a great defenseman. There's no doubt. If one's number one. The other one's like one beats. Very close. But there's no way McCarr's a better... He's not a better skater or more dynamic than Quinn Hughes. It's just ridiculous to say that. Yeah, if that's the argument you're going to take, you yeah. are just simply wrong. Those are literally yeah. his strongest suits. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's a right-handed shot, which is more rare. So, yes, technically that is better. He's, you know, 6'1 versus 5'10". So yeah. I guess he's a little bit bigger, but I've I tried to argue before that, you know, 
Hughes uses his you know small size to his advantage with how yeah. slippery he is and how he skates. So to me, that's a yeah. wash. And and Hughes is a year younger. I think that's yeah. the other thing that drives me nuts. You know, obviously drove me nuts last year with Bennington and you know the people who were talking about Elvis Merzlikens this year. Like these guys are 24 and 26. Like those yeah. aren't rookies anymore. If you're comparing yeah. a guy who's 26 years old to a guy who's 20 years old, well, no shit. Yeah. Like a 26 year old is going to be better. They should be entering their prime. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, you know, I I sit I sit back with this one. You know, we really needed it last year with Pedersen to have you know something to celebrate and you know to kind of have a second Calder winner after Bure because that list was looking pretty pretty pathetic. But this year, honestly, I, I objectively, I would far rather have Quinn Hughes than Kale McCarr. I actually, I got in an argument and, you know, posted this and a, a Rangers fan came in with Adam Fox's underlying numbers. And I had no idea how good, you know, Fox I knew had, Fox a, great had a good season. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. he had that good a season. I'd, I'd take Fox over McCarr at this point. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, he has eight goals versus Quinn six. And yeah, yeah. holy shit, if the Calder voting comes down to something that lame, then yeah. clearly it's a meaningless award because I, I sit here with full confidence going, I would absolutely rather have Quinn Hughes than Kale McCarr. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Added context of how much better the abs are than us, to me, it's, yeah. it's an absolute slam dunk. There's two points I want to make. Is Number one is I think Kale McCarr gets the benefit of playing in the previous year's playoffs. How well he did, how Colorado did no matter what the media says, that plays a major part because they're like, oh, Kill McCarr started stronger. Well, he started stronger because he started, you know, the playoffs before. So obviously you got to kind of see him. So Quinn Hughes from October was playing catch up. Number two is Quinn Hughes is a small guy, but do you ever see him get hit? Do you ever really see him get nailed? And he single-handedly has probably saved Chris Tanev this year. Like kind oh, of man. last year, four years, he's getting nailed in the boards. With Hughes passing, with Hughes skating, Tanev's not getting nailed. Right? Yeah, because he doesn't have to do that transitional work that he's done. Yeah, exactly. First, first healthy season and forever. Forever, <laughs> yeah. right? So to me, is, to a player, you got to judge a player how much better he makes the team. Yeah. And two, when I when I watch these two teams, again, McCarr's a great player, but I think there's other players on the team that make McCarr better. But I think Quinn Hughes single-handedly makes the entire Canuck defense better. And he probably kind of hides the fact that the Canucks defense is probably slightly below average at best. But he's single how <laughs> kind of brought them up. I mean, like Tanov is Tanov is okay. Edler's had a decent year, but it's also because the numbers have been reduced, right? Yeah. But Tyler Myers, you got Fattenberg, you got Jamie Ben there. Sorry, Jordy Ben. I mean, they're not great. I mean, they're subpar bare NHL players, especially the bottom two or three there, right? Stetcher. People love on Troy Stetcher. People hate on Troy Stetcher. I mean, Quinn Hughes has kind of just elevated the defensive game of this team. And kind of hidden some of these works that we really do have. And we're going to have some trouble here in the next three to four years when Edler, you know, retires or leaves. And let's be honest, Tanev is probably going to leave because they're not going to be able to sign him. And then we'll really see how good or bad this defense really is and how much Quinn Hughes probably helped it this previous year. And, well, of course, of the, Markstrom's yeah. stellar year, how much he overcompensated for how yeah, yeah. weak the defense actually was this year. Yeah, and yeah it's, it's a massive problem. I think, you know... Yeah. We have to do something. We have to, you know, if, if it ends up costing Besser this year, and that's obviously my concern. I've yeah. been pushing trade Jake for a defenseman, and you yeah. know, people say that's not going to be enough. Or you know, I, but we have a log jam at right wing with you yeah. know Foley has to be back. You know, just simply due to sunk cost, he's priority one. 
Yeah. And then, you know, Vertanen, I, I like Levo too. So I'd be very comfortable slotting Levo in, in, in the third line right wing next year. And yeah. then, you know, so you have Vertanen, Besser, and Toffoli. So one of those guys has to go. Yeah. Uh, so I hope it's not Besser because I love him. And, it, you know, I'd want, you know, that absolute slam dunk home run, you know, legit top right-handed defenseman for him if we're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but some of the proposals, like, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't do him for uh, Dumba straight up. Like oh, I'd no. want, I'd want significantly more coming back with Dumba. So yeah. it would be, you know, a Vince Dunn or a couple of those guys that Harmon had identified as the, you know, kind of elite tier of guys that we could potentially acquire. Uh, Pesci, uh, it, you know, it would, it would, to me, it would be absolutely have to be someone like that uh, yeah. for me to consider have to be younger than 26. You know, again, to me, we'd want to keep the ages as similar to Besser's as possible. And I think he's only 23. So, but do you guys, do you, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys get it because I don't, this hate on, not hate on, but kind of like, ah, uh, whatever, Brock Besser. I mean, I remember two I know, years ago, he was that. like God's gift to us. And yes, he's, yeah. he's not Pedersen. He's not as good as Pedersen. He's not as good as Quinn Hughes is. But you know what? Those are, if they're not generational players, they're franchise players. Brock yeah. Besser is still a sniper. He's had injury issues, but you know what? Will you take a 30 goal scorer every year or 25 goal scorer every year? Yeah. I will. Yeah, those 25 goal scorers are hard to find. And we know this in the last like six years, how hard it was to find a 25 goal scorer. Now you got one easily. Especially yeah. with the character that Besser has. Yeah. And I think that's what endeared us to him as much as, you know, at the beginning, you know, the stories of, you know, taking girls to prom and things like that to, you know, yeah. uh, some mental handicaps and things like that. Uh, so, you know, it's those kind of things. The only knock, as you mentioned there, and the only reason I'm willing to do this is, you know, it's position of strength right wing for us. Yeah. Oh. And, and and the injuries and the injury thing, but yeah, again, I I'd well, that's the thing you know, to take into to Foley for anything right now. You know, we, we'd have to resign him. So yeah, it's yeah. Jake. So if you can't get enough for Jake, then fuck, you have to move Besser. Yeah, well, but if I you think had that's to... the thing, right? It's like with Besser, we've had injuries, we've had different things that have come up that has inhibited his his play in some degree, but he's been consistent, right? Like. He was never going to continue that shooting percentage from his rookie no. season. And if that was the expectation, he set the bar way too high for those people. Cause yeah. like that is unattainably high. Like he was, he was hitting such crazy numbers. Like he was hitting like Ovechkin shot percentages and he was beating those percentages. And that was just not a realistic <coughs> expectation for Brock Besser going forward. No. We've seen him be consistent. We've seen him be creative. He's become more of a passer He's evolving his game, and and if yeah. people can't see that and, and recognize the value in that, I don't really know what to tell them because Brock Besser is yeah. a star player on this team still. If you, out Absolutely. of the three guys, out of the three guys that we have to sign, I mean, we want to sign all three of them: Batanov, Markstrom, and Toffoli. If you have to, I mean, in your order, who would you keep and who would you would be your third on that list to say, okay, if we have to lose them, we have to lose them. To me, uh, there's there's only one goes option here. To Foley, yeah. Markstrom, Tanov, and Tanov's like way down the list for me. I, I exactly that's exa that's my list exactly yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. goal scoring and the way to Foley fit in and goal scoring to me is like the hardest thing that you can have on this team. Like you need go people that can put the puck in the net, like confirm put the puck in the net. And like moving on to Markstrom, yeah, he had a great year, but you know it's been maybe two half good years because he's been injured and and I, I'm pretty high on Demko. And I, I'm I also like under the approach that you, yeah, you can't sign. If Markstrom wants to sign here for like around five million for four years, whatever it's going to be, that's cool. But if Markstrom yeah. is going to get signed for 
if he wants like six and a half, seven, something ridiculous, I mean, history has shown us and showing us right now you can't pay a goalie that kind of money and really succeed in the NHL anymore. Like you can't give a goalie Luongo money or, you know, what Florida did last year with Roski, right? It's just, you can't do it. Yeah, so you might, you might kind of, no, you so can't, got, if he I've wants got a really good money, stat. I've got a really good, an interesting stat, and I know it's it, it's kind of in the context that like Markstrom is irreplaceable for the Canucks, and he's the MVP, and we wouldn't be where we are without Markstrom. I love Markstrom, and this is no. in no way to take away from him, but no. here's the Canucks winning percentages with Markstrom in that 53.49%. With no. Demko, 52%. So are we willing to now go and spend five or more million per yeah. year and potentially chase out Demko, who's a much younger player and yeah. is already reaching right around Markstrom caliber play yeah. for one and a half percent winning percentage. Yeah. That's ultimately the decision that we have to come up with, right? Yeah. And as I love Markstrom, don't get me wrong. I think he's fantastic. And I think he had a really strong year. But it's taken how many years to get to this point? And he's yeah. 30. Right, like how many years does he have left? Yeah, exactly. Right, that's to, to me. If, if you're gonna sign Markstrom, you better have some kind of out on that contract where you can put him on the when Seattle's expansion comes up. That yeah, you can be uh, possibly you know move to Seattle. There has to be something in that contract where he doesn't have a no movement clause or a Seattle clause or whatever it is. Because if you give him a four or five year contract, I mean, your Demko's done, you yeah. got to trade Demko. So who's your backup? Right, like. To me, if I, <laughs> yeah. if, uh, you know what I mean. Like, if you're gonna take that risk, if personally, if I'm gonna take that risk, and he wants that much money, I'd rather take that risk with Demko, even though Markstrom was off the chart this year. You gotta, you, at some point, you're gonna lose a good player, and you probably get a lot more for um, Markstrom if you'd sign him and trade him than you would for Demko, right? So, yeah. I and agree. to me, that's the timing question. You know, we, yeah. the, the, you know, the clear core is Pedersen and Hughes. Yeah. And to me now it should be how do we support these guys and make sure that, you know, when they're in their prime age years that we have as much support for them as possible. So we don't have, you know, my fear is that we have the, you know, the Patterson quote, oh, we just ran out of depth this year and, and you know, fizzled yeah, yeah. in the second or third round of the playoffs because, you yeah. know, again, we, we've tried to prematurely, you know, push open our window early. So, you know, and, and that's the thing with Markstrom is, you know, let's say, you know, Hughes and Pedersen, you know, they're what, what 20 and 21, you know, yeah. they're not going to enter their prime for another two, three years. Well, now, Dem, you know, sorry, now Markstrom's 33. Yeah. You know, is he really going to be an elite player at that time? There's very, very few elite goaltenders in their mid thirties. So yeah. to me, it seems like a clear decision. Yeah. Are, is their goaltending going to take a bit of a hit uh, next yeah. year? Of course it's going to take a bit of a hit, but, I don't yeah. see why Ian Clark can't do with Demko at least what he has done with Markstrom. And, and yeah, maybe that takes a year. And that's another thing that has been a fault of ours is we should have got Demko more starts over these last two years. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, so if I can actually go back and amend your, my answer to your question, it goes to Foley, identify and find somehow another right-handed defenseman, yeah. then Markstrom, then yeah. Tanov. Because again, Tanov, of course, is the same issue. When he's going to be his most productive, is that when you know Hughes and Pedersen are going to be their most productive? Obviously yeah. not. So it's been yeah. you know, and we've got other veteran guys around, uh, you know, who can play the mentorship, good in the locker room role, yeah. uh, but you're not having to pay you know tons of money, and you know, unfortunately, we just don't have the luxury of having salary cap that we can allocate to good in the room guys anymore. 
But that, that to me, that, that, that's the thing, and we talk about this on, on the Largecaster too, is like, what's the rush? Why are we in such a hurry? These guys are 20, 21 years old, right? And again, like you were saying, Malcolm, they're not going to be in their prime realistically now, like the new prime. Prime used to be 29, 30 back 10 years ago, but now the prime is realistically 24 to 27, 28 is when they're really probably the yeah, best they're going to be. Is mid-20s. So we got like, what, three years to get rid of, obviously it sucks, but get rid of some of these contracts. And if you're going to get rid of Markstrom at some point, you're going to make Demko your starting goalie, and you're going to get rid of Tanov and maybe develop one of your own defensemen, whether that be Rathborn or Olevi, hopefully, if he's going to do anything in, as a Canuck. I mean, you got three to four years here to kind of maybe fix some of these mistakes that Banning has made. And you also don't have to sign a Markstrom or a Tanov to kind of make them maybe respectable as a team in the next two, three years. Yeah, you got Demko, you're not going to be as good next year. That's fine. Yeah. You're not going to win the cup next year anyway with Markstrom either or with Tanev. You sign Markstrom and Tanev, you're still not winning the cup. You're you not good improved. enough to win the cup. No, you're the same team. And we barely, let's be honest, like people forget, like we're all excited for this play and now we're going to do great. And we, I think we'll beat Minnesota, no problem. But let's remember right before, you know, this pandemic hit, I mean, they were reeling. They were in trouble. They went from first in the division by like four or five points to basically out of the playoffs. And obviously the point percentage helped them out where they're going to have an opportunity now, obviously 24 teams anyway, but they were out of the playoffs and they were losing games to Columbus, the New York Islanders. They weren't playing very well. And you can't blame Demko. It was the same issue, like you said, Demko hadn't had the starts, so he hadn't had the experience to be in these games. And their defensive coverage uh, overall was still poor as it was with Markstrom. So that's not going to improve now and it's probably not going to improve next year it's going to take them a few years to develop or add a couple more defensemen or a couple more players to really be a, even a playoff contender, a proper playoff contender to have a chance to win a round or two, let alone win the Stanley Cup. So they got time. And at the but, end of the season there, we had more than just Markstrom injured, right? Like everybody's best, like, oh, we had Markstrom injured and it was all on Demko and Demko couldn't get the job done. We were missing so many guys. We had like a, a fraction of what Besser could be in health. Yeah. We had no Levo. We've had, like we had so many different injuries all throughout the lineup that yeah. we were just kind of piecing ourselves back together again through that entire run, and we still ended up with thirteen, ten, and two. Is that a good enough uh, um, record? No, it's yeah. not. But you know what? I my idea of kind of the perfect way moving forward is to say goodbye to Markstrom this summer, as much yeah. as that sucks. And then find a, a veteran platoon goaltender that can split time with Demko and teach him the yeah. ropes. Um, whether that be like a Thomas Grice or, you know, actually this summer, there's a lot of, of goaltenders that are available. I would, the other one. I would love to yeah. see like a Robin Leonard come in and show Demko the ropes and take half of his workload off and, and ride a tandem in. Um, we've been very like all or nothing on one goaltender for a long time. And yeah. you can then only go as far as that one goaltender will take you. I mean, yeah. fortunately for us, the last year, uh, and that's really all it is, is just the last year, Markstrom has yeah. been great. Um, and then after that, it's it's become shaky, but it's because of the lack of depth. I mean, with, with DiPietro coming through it, the, the organization and the system, I think that's the guy that you're like, okay, our future rests with Demko and DiPietro. We need somebody yeah. to fill that time gap that yeah. will now work with Demko for now. And then as they age, they'll fall off and, and disappear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And that's Absolutely. that's the way you got to be looking at it so that you're not allocating all your funds into one position when you have your defense in shambles like it is right now. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I think the age of the one superstar goalie, like, can you name really two or three goalies right now? Like, you know, we used to have the Hashiks, the Brodeurs of the world, yeah. you know, Carey Price, I don't want to put in that mix, but maybe, okay, Carey Price, where like one guy just, he controls the team. He's the only reason they're winning. That's, we don't live in that world anymore. Hockey is more about goal scoring now than it's ever been, really. Yeah. At least in the last 25, 30 years. So you look at a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, everybody thought, okay, they're done. They lost this Pavarovsky. He's gone to Florida. Instead of paying the guy $10 million, they're paying two goalies, like, what, $2 million or $3 million? Like peanuts. <laughs> yeah. And they're exactly where they were last year. Yeah. So it's just, I think the game has changed. You don't need uh, one guy that's going to carry the load. They just paid. Million. Do you think they're... Not yeah, you think that they'd be happy season. seeing that if all of a sudden you watch three teams fold? Like, yeah. like no, uh, it, it, excuse it, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's about money, but again, just retracting a bit. Like to, to your point, Malcolm's like, okay, if Pedersen could get hurt, Besser could get hurt. But the difference is, if Pedersen gets sick and he's been in a team in that locker room, then you could presumably say Besser has been sick. Now Horvat, the whole team is sick. Yeah. My worry is, yeah, if one guy gets sick and he's played in a game. Do you not have to just stop the whole thing? Because not only has he infected your team, but he possibly could have infected the referee, the other team, the coaches, you know the trainers, the coaches, the yeah. trainers, everybody. So the concern is, okay, you get to the Stanley Cup final, and all of a sudden, hey, uh, you know, Pedersen tested positive. All right, now we got to quarantine everybody. Now you're gonna hold off again. It's just I think there's too much risk, and you know they keep saying like here, like Vancouver is gonna be a hub, which personally I'm not really for. But anyway, let's say Vancouver's a hub. You really think you're going to be able to put these teams in a bubble? They're multi-million, they're millionaires. They're going to find entertainment. They're not going to be like, oh, we're going to stay in our hotel. We're going to do this or that. They're going to find entertainment. They're going to bring entertainment to themselves. And you won't be able to control that whole bubble. You won't be, no matter what we say, the NHL says, they're not going to be able to control that bubble because people will, will break protocol, right? They're, going to not, they're not going to follow the rules. And, and you know, obviously... It's not going to be 100% perfect. We're going to have, you know, incidences. <clears throat> but I, I don't think anyone wants to be a Rudy Gobert. I think, no. you know, yeah. we had that situation of the NBA guy. And then, you know, apparently him and Donovan Mitchell barely are speaking to each other still because he infected yeah. him right now. I yeah. think that there's going to be enough of that, you know, let's find a way to, you know, exit our bubble, but still in a safe manner. Yeah. And because I don't think anyone's going to want to be the guy who, you know, again, imagine how you would feel if you were the guy because you wanted to, you know, go out and gamble in Vegas one night, ended up shutting down the entire league, and you're the reason that there's no Stanley <laughs> Cup uh, champion yeah. that year. Oh, that'd be yeah. devastating. Like, I think yeah. that, you know, this this bro mentality, which obviously is not all good, but I think yeah. in this circumstance that, you know, there'll be enough kind of internal social peer pressure that, yeah. you know, the, the guys will be scorned if they do that. And, you know, hopefully with, you know, enough money, which obviously professional leagues have and a limited population, which again, a sport league has, that they are able to do it in a safe way. Obviously, I can't guarantee that. And obviously, it's wishful oh. thinking. Uh, oh. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to pull it off. Uh, oh. Because I love hockey so much. Yeah. And I, you know, don't want to, you know, risk, you know, potentially devastating blows to this franchise or to the, yeah. you know, NHL as a whole. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But I mean, it was awesome having you on uh, with us today, Nav. And nice to do another little crossover with the large cast. It sounds like fifth time's the charm, or however many now that we 
we end up with the smartest uh, host of the large <laughs> cast. <laughs> you haven't you haven't had TG on, have you? I, I he was actually the first. Um, was, that was he, back. He's not the smartest. He'll, he'll claim he's the smartest, <laughs> but, he's but he's he's got some good opinions. But he's not the smartest. Yeah. You can ask him next time this you is, have him on. This yeah. is now the clip that we're using to to advertise this episode. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you, I'll the, talk to you right now. Versus sat clip that you guys. The Nat Nav is smarter. Nav is smarter than Doctor Dangles. Trust me and trust everybody oh. on Twitter. I'm smarter than me. There you go. That's the clip. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was awesome having you on. Hey, and, boys. Uh, I, yeah. I wanted to uh, give you the opportunity now. I like to do that with my guests. To if you have anything that you want to plug or any kind of final thoughts that you wanted to share, um, to to give you the platform to do so there. I appreciate that. No, first of all, love you. You know, love to have you guys on. I always kind of you know go back and forth with you guys, Malcolm. You know, you follow me, you both follow me, and I follow you guys. But um, just simply, I go. What I want to say is like, there's so much beef on Twitter. And not just obviously between our pods or like all the pods out there, right? To me, it's like I think there's enough room for all of us. Totally. And me and TJ talk about this all the time is we, we are kind of in the special space that we're fans doing these pods. And so we kind of can go out there and say whatever we want. You know, you have TSN pods, you got the Sportsnet pods, you got whatever pod. And they're always kind of held back of what they have to say because, you know, they have a boss. They have a mandate to follow, right? They're getting paid. We do this for the love of the game. We're not really getting paid for this, Right. So I always try to say is like, let's keep the beefs on the side. Let's enjoy this. You guys have your opinions. We have our opinions. We're not going to agree, but let's um, across the board. Let's all agree to disagree and let's kind of keep it civil and just have fun with it. Right. Cause at the end of the day, we all want the Canucks to win the Stanley cup. We all want Benning to do well. There's no personal hate towards any of these guys. I mean, if they're succeeding, we're succeeding and we're having a lot more fun when they're winning as opposed to when they're, you know, shitting the bed that they did for the previous seven years. So <laughs> let's have fun with it. Let's enjoy it. That's just it, right? Like, I think that any, uh, just like any industry, you succeed together, right? And that's, yeah. that's ultimately how every, everybody does better once you're able to share uh, a market. And I mean, yeah. for us, we have such a passionate fan base here in Vancouver and, uh, and beyond that being able to share that, like, we're not, we're not competing with, with each other. We're competing no. with, we're competing with radio. We're competing with other things, right? Like pods are kind of their own thing. And I think the more people that we have listening to podcasts, uh, yeah. the better that that is for, for yeah. all pods. So and like I say, I listen to you guys all the time. And even before Brad came on your, uh, you know, joined you guys, I'd like to listen to you, follow your takes on Twitter. And hopefully you guys are doing it the same with the large cast. Like Absolutely. I said, we may not agree. You might have issues, but again, it's all for the fun. It's all for the love of the game. Right. So, yeah. Hey guys, listen to Area 51, listen to a large cast, and listen to all the other pods out there and enjoy with it. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Thanks so much for, well for joining us now. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your time. Hopefully, I'll hear from you soon. Take care. Yeah, you bet. Bye. Bye. From Sean Warren and the Area 51 podcast, thank you for listening and please like, share, and follow along as we continue to grow. Join in the conversation on social media. We also now have new merchandise available on our own website. You can find it there on shop.spreadshirt.ca backslash area 51 hockey podcast, and you can grab some great merch. Thanks again, and stay tuned for the next episode of the area 51 hockey podcast. Cheers.